We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 1st. We have turned over the calendar to a new month, and this is a huge month for Notre Dame. Notre Dame will play two teams in this final month that are currently ranked in the top 10 of the national rankings. Now, we'll find out if they're both in the top 10 when the uh, the college football playoff ranking comes out tonight. We'll certainly have plenty to say about that, but for now, they do have two top 10 teams in the rankings, and the first one is this Saturday when Notre Dame hosts the Clemson Tigers, the number five in the country, Clemson Tigers, who are an undefeated 8-0. They've bounced back from last season's kind of down 10-3 and season, right? As I've joked before, there's a lot of teams that would like to be 10-3 and uh, and, and have that be called a down season. So Notre Dame faces this tough test. They have a lot of opportunity in front of them. We talked last night. Sean and I did last night. Ryan and Sean talked yesterday about the huge recruiting opportunity this weekend. Sean and I talked last night about the big game opportunity. So today, we want to kind of dive into the breakdown of Clemson. And so today, we're going to kind of give you sort of a high level, uh, just an overview of who Clemson is. We'll talk about their statistics. We'll talk about how they got here. We'll talk a little bit about their offense and defense show you some stuff just to give you a basic feel of kind of who they are, how we think they're going to defend Notre Dame in some different areas, talk about what we like, what we think Notre Dame can exploit, and, you know, just give you an idea of why this Clemson team is maybe not as good as past Clemson teams, but still why they're undefeated, why they find ways to win week after week after week. The team that used to blow people out week after week after week is now having to grind out victories. Two reasons. Clemson's not as good as they were a couple years ago, and the ACC is getting better. That's the other reason for this. So we're going to break down why that is, but also explain why they are still a very tough matchup for Notre Dame. And so that is what we're going to do today, Ryan. But look, no, Ryan, this is not a Clemson team that is good as 2015 or 16 or 18. But make no mistake, this is a really good, really good college football team that Clemson and Dabo Sweeney are going to put on the field on Saturday. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's it's a team that, you know, just over the last few years, Brian, like, yes, maybe it's not as good as it was two, three years ago at this point, right? But it's still one of those programs that when you're talking about who are the top of college football outside of the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, obviously, Clemson is one of those teams that have kind of, you know, supplanted a lot of programs and been at the upper echelon of college football. So a great test for Notre Dame. A big home game for Notre Dame. We've talked about Notre Dame's struggles at home so far this year, but you have an opportunity to, to play a top-five team in your home stadium. Potential big for momentum, obviously building down the stretch of the season, and this is one of those teams that in order to vault to the top of college football, Clemson's one of the teams that you have to defeat, and that's one of the teams that you have to eventually get by. And this is obviously going to be a big test for not only – how much development the team has had over over the course of the year, but also how have the coaches kind of differentiated their teaching and developed as play callers, as leaders. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of things on the line in this week against Clemson. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Ryan, let's kind of dive into the Clemson Tigers and let's kind of give a little bit of an, an overview of, of, of how they got here. Obviously, you look, we have a, a first of all, a, a sort of a opponent insider first glance look on the site at irishbreakdown.com. You can check that out. It's part of the free site. When Clemson got here, they're 8-0. They bounced back again from a a, a four a 10-3 season last year. They won a game to start the season in Atlanta over Georgia Tech, 41 to 10. Game was closer for a while. They put it away late. They beat Furman 35 to 12. 
beat Louisiana Tech 48-20, to went on the road, beat Wake Forest 51-45 to in two overtimes. It was a game that Clemson dominated early. Wake Forest charged back in the second half, but the Tigers won it in overtime. Beat NC State at home 30-20, to went on the road to beat Boston College 31-3, to then went back on the road and beat Florida State 34-28. to And then their most recent game was two weeks ago when they beat Syracuse at home 27-21. I've had people tell me, Ryan, that Clemson hasn't beaten anybody this year. And I'm like, I, I don't – I think you're there's too many people that are assuming things about what the ACC was and not giving enough credit for what the ACC is. Is the ACC a juggernaut? No, it is not. Is the ACC a lot better than it has been in recent years from a depth standpoint? Absolutely. You know, Florida State's not ranked, but they went on the road and beat Florida State. Florida State has a win over an, an LSU team that's now 6-2 and two and ranked in the top 25. Florida State outplayed them for, for 60 minutes, and Clemson outplayed Florida State for 60 minutes. It was a 34-28 game, Ryan, but it wasn't really that close. Florida State scored a touchdown with like two minutes left to make it 34-28. I think at one point in time, Clemson had a 31-14 to lead in that game. They beat an NC State team that is now in the top 25. They beat Wake Forest on the road, who's in the top 25. And, of course, they beat Syracuse, who's in the top 25. So they've played four teams this year that either are ranked or have been ranked at some point in time, and they're 4-0 against them. So they have earned their 8-0 record. They have earned their top five ranking. I mean, their resume, if you look at how good teams are this year, and not get obsessed with what you think teams are or what you think a conference is, their resume is far more impressive to me right now than Michigan's. Michigan has one good win all year. That's it. They've played a lot of nothing after Penn State, whereas Syracuse has played – I mean, Clemson's half of their schedule at some point in time this year has been ranked in the top 25. So they've certainly earned this, this number five ranking in my view. No, they're a really talented team, Brian. I mean, obviously, we're going to go in depth throughout the week as far as the caliber of players that they've been consistently able to recruit at certain positions. There's been other positions that maybe they haven't recruited quite as well as they need to in certain certain spells. But, I mean, the offense just in a whole is a lot better than it was last year. I mean, last year it was putrid for the large majority of the season. Offense has improved. And one thing that you can I'll tell you about Clemson is – defensively they have several guys in that front seven that are going to be first round the second round NFL draft pick so this is a talented football team folks it's a good it's a well coached team at least from the top and you know obviously there's been some mixed results from the coordinator positions after losing you know your your coordinators this offseason but talent is not an issue at Clemson certain spots perhaps but I mean I think you could see just the year-to-year draft results and all American lists and all that type of stuff to know that Clemson's going to have a lot of talent. So it is obviously a test this week for Notre Dame. Let's dive in a little bit to Clemson. Look at them from a statistical standpoint. We are going to pull them up here real quick and let you all take a peek at that. This is sort of part of the insider, the first breakdown that we look at. Obviously Clemson is not the offensive juggernaut they have been in the past, but they're certainly better than where they were last year. Their offense was really bad last year, uh, was was a middle-of-the-road to lower-level ACC team last season. This year, they're, they're better. But again, you have to take into context these numbers are against a schedule where half the opponents they've played this year are ranked in the top 25 or have been ranked in the top 25. So that has to be taken into account as well. The rushing numbers are okay. They have been more of a grinded-out ground attack as opposed to a big play rushing attack, which they were in the past. Their passing yards are, are, are middle of the road to b- bottom of the level in the conference. 
third down and red zone offense is very good. And, and, and then their turnovers, they've only turned the ball over nine times in eight games. They turn it over, I think, three times against Syracuse, which is part of the reason Syracuse is in that game. It, it, what makes Clemson good is the fact that they're a good situational football team, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, they, they're not a big play offense like they've been in the past in the past game. They're not a big play offense like they've been in the run game. Uh, but they're a grinded-out team that's efficient, that moves the chains on third down, that when they get into the red zone, as you can see, the red zone number that I put there was the touchdown rate, rate ratio. They're second in the conference in, in red zone offense from a touchdown standpoint. So they they just finish drives. And, they you know, they again, they don't score the way that they used to, but they score a decent amount still. And then defensively, they ha- I mean, honestly, they haven't been as good as they've been in the past overall. But I will say this, I think they're better than they were early. I think their pass defense, if you look at the numbers, the overall passing yards, they rank 12th in the conference out of 14 teams. I think that's a tad misleading. And, and why I say that is I think it's it's misleading from the standpoint of, number one, they had a bad game against Wake Forest. They got torched by Wake Forest uh, through the air. But it's also misleading because teams just a lot of times don't even try to run on them. And so I think that's a part as well. And then when you look at, I mean, if, if you're losing and you can't run on them anyway, you're going to throw the ball. And so that factors into it as well. I will say this, Ryan, you know, you, you gave up 259 yards passing to Furman. They gave up 311 to Louisiana Tech. They gave up 337 and six touch, touchdown passes uh, to Wake Forest. But since then, their pass defense has gotten a lot better. 245 to NC State, 220 to Boston College. 254 against Florida State, and but that came off of 42 pass attempts, and then of course 167 against Syracuse after giving up six five seven two and eleven six yards per per attempt in the in games two to four. The last four games they've given up 5.1, 5.2, 6.0, and 6.4 yards per attempt, which is very good. So their secondary can be can be beat, but they have gotten a lot better as the season has worn on from where they were early in the season when they really struggled against several teams in a row coming out in September. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten a ton better, Brian, because I mean this again, to your point, this isn't the typical Clemson secondary that we've seen over the years, right? Like there's no AJ Terrell back there. There's no Andrew Booth. There's no, like there's no that caliber of football player, Darian Kendrick. Like there's just not those guys as far as more finished commodities. There's still talent there, but most of it, aside from Sheridan Jones, is pretty young. You know, I mean, you're looking at Andrew Makuba as a sophomore as kind of one of your most experienced players coming into this season, right? So I think you're sitting there and you're just saying, you know, a lot of – there was talent certainly on the back end, but it just is a talent that hasn't played a ton in a lot of areas on the back end. But now that they're playing at a higher level, when you now combine that with a defensive line that has future NFL or has a really talented second level of the defense – when those things all start kind of peaking at the right times, I think that's that's when you're going to see and what you are seeing that Clemson's defense is going to start to be a lot better down the stretch here. So I do th- I do agree. I think it's a lot improved. I mean, after that Wake Forest game, I was kind of like, oh man, this this is this is not good. It's not a good secondary at all. But they have recovered. They've been a whole lot better. And offensively, it's very interesting because I think the biggest key for them, Brian, is like last year. 
I didn't think they ran the ball very well or efficiently, I should say. I think this year they have been a lot more efficient than they were at least last season. I think that you've seen step forwards, obviously, with with Will Shipley and the offensive line being a little bit of a better run-blocking unit than it was last year. But I, I think that it's it's ultimately going to be a good test because where Notre Dame has its strengths, I think that Clemson has a lot of strengths to counteract that, which I think makes it a really interesting kind of matchup here for Notre Dame. Absolutely. And so when you look at this Clemson football team, obviously statistically not the dominant force that they've been in the past, but also a team that is is certainly capable of coming into Notre Dame Stadium and beating Notre Dame. So uh, I think when when you break this game down, we'll start kind of looking at the offense and just giving you a taste of, of who they are offensively. And Clemson is a heavy 11 personnel team. They will do some different things. They'll line up in some 12 personnel. They have a lot of tight ends. Two of their tight ends uh, are Davis Allen, and I'm drawing a blank on on how to say the other kid's name. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to try to sound it out. It's Jake uh, Stool, I believe. But their tight ends are two of their top five pass catchers. And then Will Shipley's also a guy that will catch the ball a lot as well. So even though they are 11 personnel team, they throw the ball to the tight end a, a, a good amount. Uh, when you look at Davis Allen, he's their number two or number three receiver with 20 catches for 265 yards. Burning Brinning Stool has 15 catches for 163 yards. So between the two tight ends, that's 35 catches for 468 yards. Uh, that's a good amount of production for for especially for Clemson, who's not a team that really since Jordan Leggett. Hasn't really been a, a huge throw the football to the tight end team with any consistency. So certainly a part of and you, You've seen them twice in games this year just go right down the seam. I think they hit Davis Allen right down the seam, like at the, right at the start of the Syracuse game. I think early on against Wake Forest, they hit uh, Brinning Stool up the seam for a big play. They turned him loose on a seam route. So you've got to be careful with them because not only will they throw to him, but they'll throw it down the field to him. And, and try to get your linebackers in some matchups. We haven't seen a lot of teams do that to Notre Dame's defense this year and take advantage of Notre Dame's lack of length, the mic or at will, when certain looks are there. Because you haven't played a team, a lot of teams have six five six six tight ends, which is what Clemson has. So that's certainly a matchup to, to consider. But I want to dive into, again, 11 personnel is their base look. That is a lot of what they like to do. Offensively, they like to spread you out. We're going to show a couple looks here real quick. Uh, of just Clemson and their base their base offense. This is a, a clip from the Wake Forest game. You can see two receivers to the bottom of the screen, a tight end, and an, uh, actually, actually, I think this might even be yeah. This might even no. This is this is the tight end. I believe is outside. This is eleven personnel. They like to spread the field. This is actually one of the more condensed looks you're going to see from them when it comes to playing tight to the line of scrimmage. They want to get guys in space, and that's how they want to get their run game going. They'll also do a lot of three-by-one looks, which you can see here. Uh, you'll see the tight end is the number three guy to the bottom of the screen. You've got two receivers. You have a receiver at number one, receiver number two, and then a receiver backside at number one. And that's another 11 look. Because what they want to try to do is they want to try to get defenses to take these players and get them out of the box or to widen the box to, to try to create more room to run. If you start getting too wide out here with your safeties, they will do things with a <clears> – <throat> get the tight ends up the seams and do things like that. And now, Ryan, they haven't done this a ton, but this is an example of them going 21 personnel because they will play two running backs a lot. Obviously, Will Shipley is their starter. He's that, he's their guy. 
But Phil Moffa will play a lot. He's got 283 rushing yards in the season. Uh, they'll put them th these two together. Well, they'll then use one of them to run block for the other one. They'll run out of this. They'll run sweeps out of this. They'll also throw out of this a lot where Shipley sort of becomes a weapon out of the backfield and Moffa will stay in and pass protect. So they'll throw some different stuff at you. They'll do some 12 personnel with two, the tight ends attached. They'll do some 12 personnel with the guy lined up. So they'll they'll do some wide bunch out of three by one. But for the most part, Ryan, the goal of this Syracuse offense is to spread you out, try to create running lanes in, inside. And if you get too tight to defend the run, then they will pull the ball and throw a lot of RPOs. And that's going to be a big part of what they do as well. Biggest difference from last season, this season, Brian, like I already said, right? It's their ability, I think, to establish a more cohesive and efficient running game. I mean, you mentioned Will Shipley, you mentioned Phil Maffa. Very different football players. Obviously, Shipley's more around 205 pounds-ish. You know, he's got kind of that all-purpose look to him. And then you have a Phil Moffa who's 230 pounds, which is why he's able to do some of the blocking stuff you talked about. But passing-wise, you know, they want to work off of that running game. They're going to run a lot of RPO. They're going to run a lot of pay action. You mentioned how the tight ends are used in the passing game. That's because when the running game is going, they're easily able to manipulate the second-level defenders and get some easy stuff down seams, get some easy RPO action. That's how this team wants to function. So I think the running backs are have both dead nice seasons, especially Will Shipley, obviously, but that's where their bread is buttered, man. They want to run the football. They want to run efficiently, and everything else is going to work off of that action. So I'm going to show an RPO clip here real quick to kind of point out what Ryan is talking about there. They are going to run a lot of RPO looks now, they run a lot of traditional RPO looks. Hey, Ryan, I just I left you a quick note. Um, so they're going to run a lot of RPO action. Uh, they'll do a lot of the typical RPO. So, for example, out of this look, they'll run like bubble screens here where he'll block, and they'll just run a bubble screen there. They'll run a lot of typical stuff. They'll do like now screens. He'll, he'll, he'll kind of come block there, and then he'll catch it there. They'll run tunnel screens out of this look as well. But this look right here is a play they ran against Wake Forest that I think is really where Notre Dame has to be concerned. It's an area where Notre Dame has had some vulnerability this season at times, and it's an area where, where Clemson has had given them some issues in the past. And so what this is, this is an RPO look that Clemson will run that is more of a vertical downfield RPO type of action. So they, they do the bubble screen here, and so this is called, right? So they'll line up and they'll call this. And so what happens is, is if – if this defender here is, let's say he's not there, and let's say he's here, you know, kind of splitting the difference, they may pull that RPO and throw it outside. But on this particular play against this alignment, Wake Forest has got pretty good numbers. You've got two over two. This guy is here, so they've got pretty good numbers. And then backside, you've got this safety has crept down in the box, okay? So there really is no backside help. You see the corner's got his butt to the sideline which means he is now going to try to play the post. So what happen, happens is, is they run the bubble screen here to this look, and then this guy gets inside and runs a post. And then DJ, the quarterback, is going to read that backside safety. So he's going to read that guy. And if So they're running an inside zone here. If this guy stays back or drops, and he'll just hand off on the inside zone because they've got a decent box numbers, right? They've got six six defenders in the box. And Clemson has six blockers. You've got the five offensive linemen plus the tight end. So they're good in the box. Where they get in trouble uh, from a box standpoint is if this safety comes into the box and they don't have anybody to count for him. So that is on the quarterback. That is the quarterback's man. That is the RPO read if he's going to look on that side. Now, on this particular play, 
this safety came down on the run action. And so DJ pulls it. The receiver got in front of, because they have two big outside receivers. The receiver gets in front. I believe this particular, I believe this is Joseph Engada, who's 6'4". They also have Bo Collins, who's a 6'4", 6'5 guy. So they will throw the ball and just throw it high and let him go out, play smaller corners. And this would be a matchup against Benjamin Morrison. Clemson's going to want that. But they hit this post route right here for a big play. And you will see them run that. And you will also see them do some things off this. I've seen them do RPOs where instead of the post, they'll just run a go route. Same concept. If this guy comes down, he'll just pull and take the one-on-one shot, one-on-one shot outside. And obviously, if you play off of it, they'll just bang the comeback route outside of that as well. So RPOs is definitely something that Notre Dame is going to have to be concerned about when they're defending Clemson. That requires discipline. And so what you've seen from Clemson this year is, you know, they're really not a great move the ball consistently up and down the field team. They're really not. They're not like they used to be. They don't have the efficiency that they used to have. They don't have just the overall just dynamic ability to to just make plays in space the way that they used to. They, they have guys that can make plays in space, but it's not like they used to have. And so what happens is you get in these situations where when they've been able to, to give teams problems, the issue is, is that they you give up a big play. So, for example, uh, you, you were in a matchup against, um, I, I'm trying to think who it was, uh, I believe it was NC State, I believe it was, where, you know, guy just kind of, no, it might have been it was Florida State. Guy just, you know, coming off the line, lose, he's, they're running sort of a, a post-snap action. And the guy just kind of loses track of Antonio Williams and just lets him run by him and then bam, big play touchdown. And, you know, that hurt Florida State because they weren't running the ball. They weren't moving the ball consistently well. If you look at Clemson's offense uh, against Wake Forest, they put up 559 yards of offense. And then they put up 521 against Louisiana Tech, who, I mean, honestly, they're not very good on defense. Louisiana Tech gives up 39.6 yards per game this year and their defense gives up 476 yards per game, they went for five to, uh, 521. So uh, not, not great performances. But outside of that, they didn't have over 400 yards of offense in any game the rest of the year until Syracuse. And a lot of that came late in the game. So what happens is, and we saw this against Syracuse as well, is they, they are a team that will get big plays. Uh, and a lot of it comes from a, a lack of discipline. And that's kind of what we talked about the RPO. So you know, Clemson did a nice job of kind of keeping it, uh, or excuse me, NC State did a nice job of kind of keeping Clemson in check. And then all of a sudden, bad run fits, and, and DJ takes and pulls it out and runs 38 yards to set up a late second quarter touchdown. So if you can avoid those type of things and make Clemson consistently move the ball up and down the field, then you've got a chance to keep them in check. What you cannot do is allow them to rip off the big play. Syracuse gave up too many big plays. That ultimately did them in. Florida State gave up too many big plays. And it wasn't a lot of big plays. It was just enough to, to spark them to be able to score the kind of points that they need to to win the game. Because if you if you look at some of the, a lot of their games, people say, well, yeah, this game was close, that game was close. They were competitive games, but they weren't really close games. NC State, they beat by 10, but NC State never really threatened them. And so that's just kind of where Notre Dame is going to have to do is eliminate the big plays. That's been a problem for Notre Dame this year. So that's certainly something that Notre Dame is going to have to focus on this game. Offensive line-wise, they have a big physical offensive line. Well, I should say they have a big and strong offensive line. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily really physical. 
And we've seen offenses like this before from Notre Dame. You look at their their offensive line across the board. Left tackle Jordan McFadden is six two three zero five. He's one of the he's their smallest guy. Uh, left guard Marcus Tate is six five three twenty five. Their center Will Putnam is six four three fifteen. Their right guard Walker Parks is six five three fifteen. And they have a true freshman at right tackle Blake Miller who's six six three fifteen. He is probably their most physical lineman. Uh, he's an Ohio kid. Really big physical kid, not a great athlete, but long, sound fundamentals for a kid his age, and he's very strong. He's probably their most physical guy. They're more technique and scheme. Uh, they're strong, but they're, they don't really come off with a lot of fire. I think a key for Notre Dame is going to be use your athleticism like you did against Syracuse to beat them, win the leverage battle, and win the, win the, the battle off the ball. Beat them in the gaps, beat them off the ball. That's going to be a big key against the Syracuse offensive line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then, of course, on the perimeter, they've got a nice mix of speed and size, and I think that's something where uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to look at this matchup and say, "Hey, look, this is where Notre Dame is going to have an opportunity to, you know, make some. Pl- they're not a speed team, but they are a team that will be is more than willing to throw it up. Notre Dame is going to have to put the quarterback into some positions where DJ is not comfortable in the pocket. You can't let him get settled." Because if he's comfortable, he'll be accurate. What Syracuse did a nice job of is even though Clemson was moving the ball on Syracuse, they were able to have success because they were able to limit the just his comfort level and they were able to force him into some mistakes because they were able to get pressure on him. That's going to be a big key for Notre Dame as well. You're not as big as them, so don't try to be as big as them. Just go out there and be physical and take it to them that way. That's going to be a big, big key for Notre Dame in this matchup uh, against the, the the Clemson offense. Because again, it's not a really fast Clemson offense. They've got they're like Notre Dame. They've got some fast guys, but they're not the they don't have the speed that they used to have. I would argue that Notre Dame has more speed on the field against uh, Notre Dame's offense will put more speed on the field than Clemson's offense will put speed on the field. Uh, but it's you know not by a great deal. But that's not what they're that's not what they're doing right now. They're not the team that's got that great slot guy like Amari Rogers a couple years ago or Hunter Renfro a couple years ago. Uh, that a lot of the work they get out of slot comes from the tight ends. They're not that guy that ha- they don't have a T Higgins outside. They don't have a Justin Ross six four burner on the outside. They've got big physical kids that they can win one on ones with. You can have them covered, and they're still going to throw the ball up and let those kids make those plays. So that's going to be a very big challenge for Notre Dame in this particular matchup. Let's look at the Syracuse defense or the Clemson defense. I'm going to stop. I'm going to try to stop saying that. I keep saying Syracuse and I don't understand why 
This is the strength of this Clemson football team, and it's gotten better in recent weeks, in my opinion, uh, especially with the pass game. Their run game had a, a little bit of an off day against uh, Clemson. Syracuse had some success with their running backs, and then Florida State had some success running the football against them, but they're a hard team to run on for the most part, as the numbers we showed earlier show. And a couple reasons for that. They're very talented on the offensive line they're very, or defensive line. They're very deep on the defensive line. And they, I mean, they're going to run waves at you, but they're also big. They have good size. Both of their interior starters are over 300 pounds. Tyler Davis, or at 300 pounds or more. Tyler Davis is 6'2", 300. Ryan Bercy is 6'5", 305. They'll also bring Rook Ororo, I think is how they said that is his name. Uh, if I read the spelling, the uh, pronunciation guide correctly from Clemson, he's a kid from Michigan. He'll play a lot too. He's 6'4", 295. Miles Murphy's one of their defensive ends. He's 6'5", 275. There are other three defensive ends that play a lot. K.J. Henry, Xavier Thomas on the weak side, and then Justin Maskell, who will also play some as well on the weak side, but also more so play on the on the big side, on the on the strength, strong side with Miles Murphy. They're all 255. Now they're a little smaller at linebacker, but they're very athletic and they fly downhill. They're not as creative and complex as they were under Brent Venables. Uh, but they'll do plenty of run stunts, plenty of stuff where they'll attack downhill and and try to get after the opponent. So there's a lot you have to worry about with Clemson. And there's certainly uh, certainly a lot of speed on the second level that I think can help them in their matchups against Michael Mayer. Uh, there's a lot of talent. This team has a lot of talent in the front seven. The secondary has talent as well, but it's a, it's young in some spots. But they they just for some reason they'll just they don't they don't they'll just turn guys loose. Now, they've limited that a little bit more recently, but Notre Dame's going to have to be able to find some ways to, to attack that. There's there's no question about it. So um, I want to get to some of their defensive looks. So uh, defensively, they are a, a four, they are a mix between 4-2-5 and 4-3, uh, and they've done a lot of 4-2-5 lately, and they'll mix between 4-2-5 and 4-3. I don't think that's the look that we're going to see. I want to show you a, an example of what I'm talking about. So this is a this is a look against Clemson now, I mean Syracuse. Now Syracuse is a is a a team that likes to throw the football or run the football. Excuse me, I am getting a lot of stuff wrong today. Uh, I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm saying it incorrectly. I do apologize. Um, so you you look at them and you say, hey, look, this is a a team that likes to run the ball, but they they like to run the ball out of a lot of spread stuff, and and so. Uh, Give me one. I'm sorry, everybody. We're, we're, we're going to get on track here. We're just trying to get everything situated. They're So what they'll do is they'll play nickel a lot in, against these teams. So I'm play a lot of nickel against Florida State, played a lot of nickel against, um, you know, against uh, Wake Forest, obviously. And this is an example of their nickel look. So as you can see here, you've got two corners. Uh, you got a corner here. Let's get over here. And you got a corner here, got a corner here, and then, say you know, nickel, safety, safety. And Malcolm Green is, is their nickel in a lot of instances. But what I think you're going to see is a lot more of what we saw against Boston College. Boston College did a lot more two tight end stuff. They go under center. Obviously, John McNulty's their offensive coordinator. He was at Notre Dame last year. And so you'll see this is a different type of look. Now, in this look, you see a more 4-3 personnel. So you obviously have your four down linemen. Your corners are still both up. And now you have Barrett Carter in the game. And with your two linebackers, obviously, Trenton Simpson is, is their starting Will linebacker. Their starting Mike is Jeremiah Trotter. Uh, who's from uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., excuse me. Uh, so you'll, you'll have him there as well. This is more of what I think we will see 
personnel-wise against Notre Dame. I think that's the better matchup for Clemson. I don't see – I just don't see them doing a lot against Notre Dame out of nickel on first – I mean, honestly, if I'm Clemson and Notre Dame's in third and five, I'm still not going to nickel, especially if Notre Dame does their 11 personnel like they did last week with Matt Salerno in the game. I would still have – Barrett Carter. Barrett, Barrett Carter is a better athlete than Matt Salerno. They're, 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 Sam Linebacker is a better athlete than the, than the slot receiver that, that Tommy Reese likes to use on third down. So I would still stay in that just to pretend against – just to protect against the run because Notre Dame will, will run it kind of anywhere. And then also it allows them to use him in certain looks. If they want to go cover one, you know, Barrett Carter matched up against Michael Mayer is going to be a lot better matchup for them than Malcolm Green matched up against Michael Mayer on third down. So – I certainly think those are different looks that we will see from Clemson. Uh, I think they'll mix up their looks, but I truly believe their base defense is going to be a 4-2-5. Now, they'll do a lot of different things with their corners. They'll play their corners up. They'll play their corners off. I, I think based on what we've seen from Notre Dame, if I'm Clemson, I'm coming up and playing my corners tight. I'm going to make you beat me down the field. That's the recipe for Notre Dame. If you're going to if you're going to defend Notre Dame, it's got to be – we're gonna we're gonna protect against the quick game. We're not gonna we're gonna protect against the screen game. We're gonna have our guys, our corners, try to funnel the run game back inside. Although Notre Dame doesn't really run outside very often, which is mind boggling to me. You're making it easier to defend, but this is what we're gonna see. And so this is the thing that Notre Dame has to be prepared for because this is the a similar alignment to what Notre Dame used a lot of last week against Syracuse. The difference now is, you know, Syracuse is going at Notre Dame last week with undersized players. I mean, as we talked about last week, they had one defensive lineman that was over 255 pounds that really played with any regularity. You know, they were they had one defensive end who was 200, listed at 215 pounds. They had guys who were 230 pounds. Their starting nose guard was 5'11", 265 pounds, which means he's closer in weight to Trenton Simpson than he is Clemson's interior defensive lineman. So I think you're going to have to be prepared to play against a much bigger, a much bigger team. You know, and again, I'll give you the, the the Clemson starting defense or Syracuse's starting front seven last week. 219, 266, 268, 225, 224, and 239. And you look at Clemson's starting front seven, their box is 255, 255, 305, 300, 240, 230, and 225. And so, and they can run every bit as well as Syracuse's guys did last week as who were smaller guys. So I think that's a lot of what you're going to see uh, from that look. That's a lot of what you're, you're going to see from Clemson, I think, is they're just going to say, if you're going to line up in the same stuff, then we're going to line up in the same stuff. I think they're going to shoot their backers a lot. I think they're going to try to fire off and, and not let Notre Dame's offensive line get downhill. I think that's going to be what, you, what you're going to see from them. They're, they're, their offensive defense has not been as dominant as I thought it was going to be this year, but they've been great against the run for the most part, and they're they're very quick off the ball, and that's what presents a little bit of a tough matchup when you look at Notre Dame. So I think that's an example of, of something we're going to see from Clemson in this weekend's game. So that's a bit of an intro look at, at Clemson. Obviously, uh, we, we were having some technical problems with Ryan, so he had to, he had to jump out of the chat. Uh, so we – not as much interaction, but I did want to kind of give a, a nice overview of who Clemson is. I think from a talent standpoint, this is not the same Clemson team it's been. But make no mistake, this is still a very talented Clemson team. Uh, they they have good receivers, not elite receivers. They're very good at running back. I think defensive line-wise, they're as talented as any team in the country defensive line-wise. I, I don't know if they always use it the right way. I think they haven't been as disruptive in the past game as I expected them to be. But I do, however, 
believe that you're in a situation where run game wise, they're as good as we thought they would be. They're just not quite as good pass game wise. And so I think that's the matchup that I'm, that I'm going to look for. And, and, and I mean, everyone's going to look for, right. It's going to be that it's that Notre Dame offensive line and the defensive line against Clemson. That's going to be the matchup that determines whether or not Notre Dame has a chance to win this football game. So that's a, that's a look at, at who Clemson is. That's a look at what this matchup is tomorrow. We're going to have a mailbag coming up next, but tomorrow we'll dive more into the numbers. We'll, we'll look into the specific matchups of the run game versus run defense, pass game versus pass defense on both sides. And we'll obviously also we'll dive more into the individual matchups of these two teams when we get to that part of the, of the show as well. So before I just wanted to remind you of that before we get to the mailbag. So this is sort of an intro type podcast of Clemson. We'll dive into more specifics tomorrow. And then, of course, Thursday we'll get into keys to victory. And then Friday we'll do our predictions. So that's going to do it for this part of the show. Uh, we're going to have a mailbag coming up next. So don't go anywhere just yet. But before we head to the mailbag, I want to remind you to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. And of course, share this podcast with not just physically share it. You know, go down there and hit the share button, share it with your with people you know, but you know, share with on show, social if you have a lot of Notre Dame fans. And then of course, let people that you know that are Notre Dame fans, fan, friends and family who are Notre Dame fans, let them know about our channel as well. And as always, sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll have a lot of recruiting news, a lot of recruiting scoop this week for sure. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.